We're so thankful to have my wife here today as well. She's going to come up and greet you guys and just share whatever is on her heart before we move on to the rest of the service. Sister Austin. Ah, thank you. It is so good to be here in church this morning and to see some very familiar faces. But just in case um, you might have forgotten who we are, I am Rosalind Austin, and that's my husband, Cedric Austin, who will be, he's been ministering through song um, and will be preaching the word today. I do miss having your pastor and pastor's wife here because I love them so dearly. They're just the most amazing, sweet people ever. Um, and though we still, yes, I, good, amen, yes. They really are. And you really, I mean, if you've lived in this world at any amount of time, unless maybe you're not yet in school yet, you'll learn that not everybody is nice. Not everybody's kind. Um, if you have the Holy Ghost, then you are familiar with the fact that the Lord calls us to be kind and loving one to another. That is one of the benefits of having the Lord's Spirit within you, is that we should display those types of fruit, um, not just to people we know, but to people we don't know. And as my husband said about praying for your neighbor, pray for this world, pray for those who are in leadership, pray for your bosses and your coworkers, because you just, you just never know what they're dealing with. And a lot of people in this world are feeling alone and they don't have any joy and they don't have any, any peace. And that's something we could bring into their presence when we walk into a room or when we partner with them in something or when we work with them in something is that we can bring that joy and that peace to them. And by their mere closeness to us, they get a chance to witness God doing his greatest work. In John 15, verse 11, it says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Verse 12, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And when you love someone, you don't hurt them. When you love someone, it's easier to be kind to them, even when they may not be the kindest back. And you would be surprised just by what your presence does to the atmosphere when you walk into a room with a smile on your face, with a kind word in your mouth that you're sharing, with a little laughter, with a little joy. It just changes things. It turns things around. So if I could share anything with you this morning of value, um, Spread joy. Spread love, the love of Christ. There's enough bitter and angry people around that we don't need to add to that. We can actually change that in someone's life just by being kind to them. Thank you. We're so blessed and thankful to be here here at Cross Church um, in your pastor's absence, but thankful that he trusts us to be here and to teach and to preach the word to y'all and we're not going to go sideways this morning, in Jesus' name. This morning's title is called Tried and True. Tried and True. The Lord is tried and true. Jesus Christ is tried and true. Old song says, I tried him and I know him. I tried him and I know him. Another scripture says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. That basically means try Jesus. Try Jesus. 
if you have not tried Jesus, if he has been your last option, I promise you, you try him, he will come through. He will come through. We're going to go to the reading of the word. I got several scriptures here today. Uh, one is going to be lengthy. I feel like reading the whole thing to give you the, the basis of the, the, the text. But we're going to start with Micah 7 and 7. And I'm reading the English Standard Version, Micah 7 and 7. It says, but as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. One more time. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. I want to give you one word in the definition. The word is trust. Trust means to affirm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. You may be seated. I'm going to go to Daniel chapter 6. I'm going to go from verse 1 through verse 28. It's such a great story in the word of God. Daniel 6 verse 1 through 8. If you spend any time as a child in Sunday school, you've heard these scriptures. And what I visualize right now, I visualize a felt board with some characters on them. You might know what I'm talking about. Characters on them. And you see Daniel and you see some lions laying around, ferocious lions. But you also see the teacher pull off the first Daniel, and then the second Daniel is him laying down, and the lions are still sitting there doing nothing. So this is that story. When I started reading this, that is what came to my mind, my childlike mind. Thank you, Lord, for Sunday school teachers. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials, and whom Daniel was one to whom these traps should give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel, with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors, are agreed that the king should establish an audience and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document 
so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Now, right then, my mind goes to, does the king not know he's being set up? I just kind of, I feel like I know some people like this, that they, their, their intentions, you can just kind of, as you hear them talk, as you hear them connive, you understand they're going somewhere with this. Go ahead and sign this now so it can't be undone. And, oh, king, as I butter up to you. Therefore, King Darius, filling himself, signed the document and injunction. So when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where the, he had a, a window in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And he had, as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the lion's den? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said, before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. The king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or audience that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. May your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. Now, if you can understand how much anointing is in that one sentence right there, if you've read the Bible for yourself and you already know the end of this story, may your God, whom you continually serve, deliver you. And a stone was wrought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lord's that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him and slept, fled from him. Then at break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O oh, Daniel, Servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said, that's also powerful. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me. 
because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king. I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. I'm going to stop there because he had trusted in his God. This world is not always an easy world in which to live. It is filled with many people who love others in their loyalty to them. They will do many good, do, good things for them, yet they're, they're, those are, are, are not loving, kind people. Those are the kind who are jealous and strive, of those who strive to do good and to be loving and to be kind. And they will set out to compete with them. They'll try to get them in trouble or even lie against them and sometimes even try to hurt that person. My thoughts are, as I was reading this story, I'm trying to get this story into my everyday life here. If you work a job, if you've gone to school, even in church, and you have run into other, if you have to work with anybody besides yourself, there can be trouble. There can be times of hurt. There can be times of pain. There can be times of jealousy. If you've got brothers and sisters, there can be times of jealousy. If you've got cousins, all of those things. But I thought about this story, and I thought about in our modern-day world here. Where do I find myself in the life of Daniel? Where do I find myself when I have been either lied on, talked about, misused, all of these things, where there were people or where there were situations that were set against me because of whatever you want to put in that place? dot, dot, dot. And I had to think about situations that I've been in in life. I'm 43 years old, which is not old, but it's not young. I'm 43 years medium. (laughs) But I've lived a long life, and I've lived with people, and I've served in ministry, and I've done all of these things, and I think about my life and this story. What has someone seen in you that they were jealous of or that they did not like or there was something about you? There was something about the God you serve that just irked them. And they just knew, well, how can I get rid of them? How can I get this promotion and they not get this promotion? How can I get them fired from this job? How can I get in this position instead of them? How can I do it? The thing about that is, I think about the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. I think about what righteous means. Righteous means holy, holy inside, not just outside, but holy inside. And if you are a righteous person, you're serving the Lord, you're doing the best that you know to do, God's favor rests on you. The enemy can try so many different things and so many different tricks to try to get you off course, which he does. But I think about the times where the enemy might have thought he won in my life. And at the moment, I did not see the hand of God resting on me. All I could see was the situation that I was in. When we focus on the situation that we're in, 
what we see is lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. We see a lion's den. We see people who are against us, not for us. And they become greater than the God we serve. The situation becomes greater than what we know God to be, who we know Jesus Christ to be. Now, throughout this story, the the part that gets me is when the king, being so distressed and not having a choice but to deliver Daniel to the lion's den, God allowed Daniel to be placed in the lion's den. Isn't that a loving God? Isn't that just such a great God? He just, uh, there's a Daniel right here. Are you feeling what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm telling you, Daniel? God allowed it. It didn't just life happen. It was the king could have, but he made a decree. And he made a decree that could not be revoked. So when he had to do what he had to do was put Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel had to go through it. But the entire time Daniel being in the lion's den, Daniel's faith was, my God is going to deliver me. So despite what you do, despite what you say, despite how you treat me, in the end, the word of God says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. If you think about that, you think about the things that you could have done yourself to those who despitefully used you, for those who lied on you, those who talked about it, the things that you were like, you know what, if I had taken this into my own hand, I could have been done with this situation. I could have taken care of the issue, taken care of the problem. But God did not allow that. God allowed you to go through it. And since God allowed you to go through it, and you know Jesus like that, then my thought process is, oh, king, don't worry about me. Oh, family, don't worry about me. Oh, doctor, don't worry about me. Whatever the diagnosis is, whatever the issue is, my God will deliver me out of this situation. So when the king tussled all night, anguish comes the next day, the king's faith was built when he got to the lion's den. The king rushed there because he wanted to see, I believe more so not the fact that if Daniel was alive or not, he wanted to see who Daniel's God was. When Daniel answered, O king, live forever, basically, I'm alive. These lions here are just laying, they're just laying around. Not one harm to me. My faith goes to, there is something about the God you serve that would deliver you out of the mouths of the lions, regardless of what, or who said what or what they tried to do. That is the best part for me because I've been in situations in life where I thought it was over. I've been in situations of life where the people who lied 
had the upper hand. And I just knew that in my mind, the God that I served was not going to come through for me. The God that I serve, the God that has done so many other things for me, this particular thing, he's not going to come through. He's going to let them destroy me. He's going to let the enemy take me out. Now, isn't it funny how yesterday God can come through for you in such a big way? You go to sleep, you wake up the next morning with a whole other situation. You're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? And your mind goes back to you're doing this within yourself. And you spend all of that time and all of that anguish within yourself going, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. That's where all the worry comes, all the fear comes, all of those things that try to torment us and we wrestle with it. But we would just stop for a moment and remember the goodness of the Lord. If we would stop and remember those memorials, those stones that we placed here and here and here in remembrance of what God does and also what God can do. So when you're in the next situation and God has allowed a situation to come into your life, a situation that may seem like it's overtaking you. And like I said in the beginning, that could be a sickness. That could be financial issues. That could be issues that are out of your hand, family issues. All of those things that come to take residence in your mind. We have to remember to place those things in the hand of God because we can't do it, but God can. God can do anything. The scripture says he can do exceeding abundantly and above all we, we can ask or think. I like to add to that. I think the message version says, or imagine, have a big imagination. And if God can, do, can, can go beyond my imagination, that's a, that's a powerful God. But that is the God you serve. Quite often, it's easy to feel that one is experiencing or enduring their own personal lion's den and that it will never end. Children have life situations and circumstances that cause them to feel that way. The key is to learn not to focus on your own situation and how it is or could become, but to focus on God. God is all-powerful. He knows every situation that everyone endures, and he knows exactly where everyone is and what is happening to them at all times. God has not left you. Even when you leave him, he doesn't leave you. He's always with you. He's always walking beside you. You got to be willing to place your complete faith in God, trust that he will be there, and that he honors faithfulness. He will rescue those who obey and trust him. The king said more than once, the God you serve continually, the God you serve faithfully. Daniel, has the God you serve continually been able to deliver you from the mouths of the lion? The God you serve faithfully. This God you talk about, this man Jesus you preach about on the job, 
every day you're here and you're smiling, you're saying, hey, you want to come to church with me? Hey, we got church this Wednesday night. Hey, we got church this Sunday. Hey, you want to come? Man, God has been so good. Have you found yourself at work trying to invite somebody to church or out and about, and you just, you just, God has just done something great for you, and you're just like, you just can't help but share it. And then eventually, that person decides they want to come visit your church or want to come to your Bible study or want to come to lunch with you. And you get super excited about that. And you begin to share the goodness of God and the stories of Jesus Christ and what he's done for you in your life and how he's brought you from a mighty long way. And you see their eyes kind of opening. You see the smile of the countenance on their face kind of changing. Then the questions start becoming different. And they start asking you, well, I was reading the Bible and it said this. So when you said Jesus did this or I got to be baptized like this, explain that to me. They're asking you about the God you serve. They're asking you about how you've lived your life in front of them. I've been watching you and I've seen you serve your God faithfully. I've seen you serve your God continually. Then normally it goes to, well, Sister Bachelor, I'm in a situation that I can't seem to get out of. Can you pray with me? Or can you pray for me that God, basically that your God would help me in my situation? And then all of a sudden it's kind of like, We get surprised every time when God comes through. But he comes through, and the person that asked you to pray for them in their situation, they come back to you like, Sister Bash, you will never believe what happened. In your mind, you're like, oh, yeah, I will. But go ahead and tell me. They share with you, and then their faith starts being built. Then they're questioning, you know what? There's something about Ruth. There's something about Miss Bachelor. People out there, there's something about her. I need to get to know her. Then you start sharing more and more and more. One thing you don't realize sometimes is that just how you live your life is an example to other people. Just how you are. You may never say a word to them. They may just see you and think, there is something different about Ariel Austin. She's at school every day. There's something different about her. It's the countenance on her face. It's her smile. There's something about her. But until they get to know who you are, they don't really know what that is. But it's that, it's that God factor that is pulling them, that is drawing them. They're wanting to get to know that person, that portion of your life. Why do you seem so happy all the time? They asked my wife that 20 years ago until yesterday still. Why are you smiling? Why are you so happy all the time? It's just the joy of the Lord. When you think about where I've come from to where I am today, where I used to be or who I used to be to where I am today, I can't help but smile. That C.C. Winans song, it wasn't a C.C. Winans song, it was another, somebody else did it, but she re-recorded it. The Goodness of God song. We've all heard it. We've all sung it. But I'll tell you, No matter how many times I hear that song, 
I listen to the words. And the part that gets me is the, all my life, you've been so faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. If God hadn't been good to you, those words mean nothing. But if God has picked you up one time, if you should have been in jail, if you should have been dead, if you should have been homeless, if you should have not had the job you have right now, there's a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas. If it wasn't for the goodness of God, for the goodness of God. So because of the goodness of God and how faithful he is, I choose to be faithful to him. I don't deserve it. Not a person here deserves it. I think about, you know, we go to a lot of churches. Preach here, speak there, sing here, sing there. You see a lot of different people. You see people in suit and ties like Brother Brown back here, always dressed snazzy. You see other folks in jeans and a T-shirt right here. I can look at this young man right here and and just think, you know, okay, he has jeans and a T-shirt on. What about that? Oh, he has a suit and tie on. I could easily go, this man right here is perfect. This man right here has no flaws. This man has served God all of his life, and God just rests on his shoulders. They walk together daily. That's how much God just loves us, how much he loves God. And some of that's true. But I know Brother Brown's not perfect because I'm not perfect. I know this young man right here is not perfect because I'm not perfect. But it's so easy to judge somebody based on their outward appearance versus talking to them and hearing their story and saying, you know something? 25 years ago, I was lost and I was a wretched sinner. But somehow God thought enough of me to send somebody my way to tell me about the Lord. Or you know what? I I was driving around and I had been praying and asking God to send me to a church. And then one day I saw this sign that said Cross Church KC. And I decided to just check it out one Sunday morning. I got there and I walked in. The worship was going. The preacher started preaching and I felt something. I felt something I'd never felt before. So I came back the next Sunday. Then I came back the next Sunday because I needed to know what am I feeling and who is this Jesus you're talking about? I refer back to the title of this message today, Tried and True. Tried and True. When you try Jesus, you will never go wrong. Jesus Christ always shows up and shows out in every situation. He goes above and beyond what you think. His love is so vast. The thoughts of Jesus are so wide that you can't even, you can't put God in a box. You place him here, you think he's this person, then he shows out over here. And you're like, when I thought I had God figured out, he does this over here. And each and every day, the Bible says it gets sweeter and sweeter. 
Every day I live for God. Every year I live for God. There's something new I find out about him. No, I don't deserve God's goodness. No, I don't deserve God's love. But if I can find myself faithful to him, me, not him faithful to me, me faithful to him, there is no doubt that God can be faithful and God is faithful to you. But us humans can be fickle. One day we're here, one day we're here. And we're here because of this situation. Not because of God, but because of this situation. God never left us. God never failed us. Situations fail us. People fail us. Life failed us. God is always faithful. He's always true. I run to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You've heard that story as well. I can go back to Sunday school again with the felt wall there with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in this furnace with all the flames around it. And how they ended up in that furnace is because they would not bow to a false god. The word comes back to my mind is that they were faithful to the God they served, the one and true living God. They were not going to bow to this false idol. Do what you want to do. But God has been so good to me, I've got to be faithful to him. So no matter what you do, my issue is that my God is going to deliver me. Do what you want, but I'm trusting the Lord. Now that one right there, he got upset. So what did he do? He said, you know what? Don't just throw him in there. Put him in there and then turn it up seven times hotter than it was. Not only will they burn, they will just combust. I want to watch them just burn. He was so angry. So he puts Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the flames. If you don't know the story, one of the coolest parts, I I dare to say, of this story is that the men who threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the flame, what happened to them? They burned up, throwing them in the furnace. But a few moments later, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are having a house party. Nothing's happening to them. They're in a furnace that is seven times hotter than it was before. But when they come to check on them, the issue is that, so we threw in three men, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Are we correct? Three. That's three people. Why do I see four? Why do I see four when we put three in? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was faithful to God. So God was faithful to them. He did not just deliver them from the fiery furnace. When I said he does exceeding abundantly, 
God shows up and shows off. We used to say show out, but he shows off sometimes. This is a situation of God showing off. He's like, not only are they going to be in the fire furnace, I'm going to come to the party too. And so you got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fourth man in the fiery furnace with them. So it's not burning them up. It's not burning him up. We just chilling. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. The fiery furnace, I like to look at as a weapon that was formed. But the word of God clearly says the weapon will be formed. It's going to form. You're going to see it. You might have some fear. I would have some fear looking at a fiery furnace. Today is my last day here on earth. What's my last meal? But the portion of it won't prosper is that, all right, all right, God, I've served you. And if this is how I'm going to go out, I'm good with it. So I jump in, or they throw me in. I wouldn't jump in. They throw me in. And yet I find myself walking right beside my Savior. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Jesus Christ will deliver. It may not look like how we want it to look. It may not look like what we thought it was going to look like. And oftentimes, as we always say, the story in progress never looks like the end of the story. You read the Bible all the way through, and you see what all these people went through. But yet, you get to the end of the book, and you read all the revelations and the things that you understand and don't understand, and yet we still are victorious we still have victory, that just lets me know how powerful Jesus Christ is. And there is no situation that I can find myself in that he cannot deliver me out of. There's no situation that I can be in now that I can't just trust the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. But in all of my ways, I'm going to set my eyes on him. And let him direct my path. That's one reason why I like reading some scriptures. I'll read the King James Version. Then I'll go read the English Standard Version. Then I'll go read it in another version. Then my last version is the Message Version. If you ever read the Message Version Bible, there's some things that may not quite be fully all there. But sometimes you get a really good English understanding of your thoughts and your feelings. I know I think we read Psalms one time. And Psalms, it, it talks about, uh, oh God, deliver me and, and bash the teeth of my enemies in the King James Version. But the message version was like gangster. It was like, oh, yeah, Lord, do it this way <laughs> to my enemy. But I, I read all of these different versions and I, and I go, with all my heart, lean not to my own understanding. Lean not to my own learning. Lean not to my own thinking. Lean not to what I know to be true. But help me to trust you despite 
what I see, despite what I know, despite what I feel, despite my reality. Help me to trust you. We're in a situation right now that we are trusting the Lord. And God had to get us to that place of trusting him. I've been living for God for a long time. A long time. And yet it seems like every year God is teaching me something different. My faith becomes stronger. All of those things, but while my faith is becoming stronger... My humanity is having to be crushed because my humanity is telling me the truths of what life is right now and what's going on right now and how the economy is right now and gas prices right now and food shortages right now. And I think about, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so so good. But God, the food prices, the every breath that I am able. But I can't afford to put gas in the car. And all my life you have been faithful. But I got the sickness. And all my life you have been faithful. But my mother, and all my life you have been faithful. What's fighting against what I know? What I know. Philippians, can we get Philippians 4 and 8? Whatever version you have back there. Philippians 4 and 8. I was thinking about this scripture several weeks ago. And my mind was resting on what I know. And the things that try to take us out. The things that we know for fact, yet we don't really think about who God is and God and his nature. I can read it right here, but it says, finally, brethren, here we go, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. The King James Version says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Verse 9 says, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Think on those things. Regardless of what's in front of us, regardless of what this world is saying today, and might I say just the other day was a great victory for America, a great victory, a great victory. 
But besides the things that we see in this world that we cannot change within ourselves, my mind can, all, can be at war sometimes trying to figure out what to do, how to do it. What portion of this can I have control of? And God is saying you don't have control of any of it. But what you can do is think about how I'm going to bring you out. Think about what I'm going to do in this situation. What's honorable? What's just? What's pure? What's lovely? What's commendable? If anything is worthy of praise, it's how I bring you out. It's the end of the story, not where you're at in the story. Where I'm at in the story can seem doom, can seem gloom, can seem all of those things. But I know my God to be faithful. I know my God to be good. And so as I'm learning at age 43 and I'm strengthening my faith, I'm telling myself, despite of life situations, I'm going to sing and speak of the goodness of God. Always. The enemy wants us to be disturbed. He wants to throw all those other things in, our, in the front of our minds. And I know I'm not just talking to myself today because there's nobody here that's an alien that I can see. We're all human. We all have feelings. We all have a brain. We all go through things. We all have to eat. We all got to make money. All the things of life. We all have those worries. But today I want to encourage somebody. Besides myself, there are some issues that are sitting here in these chairs. And you're wondering how God is going to come through in your life or in your situation. If for nothing else, I'm here today to tell you to try God, to trust God, because I've tried him and I know him. I found him to be true. He is tried and he is true. Can we all stand? He is tried and he is true. We're going to open this altar today because we want to build faith and we also want to join together with our brothers and sisters who may be dealing with something that you may never share with anybody or you may have shared with anybody. It doesn't matter what it is. If you have a situation that you need God to come through for you, just as in these stories of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Daniel in the lion's den, or any other Bible character that you can see yourself with or as, you know their stories. And you know God didn't just come through. God just kind of showed out in their lives. And it wasn't just for them. It was so that others could see the goodness of God in your life. You're the man that God delivered from the lion's den. Wow, I need you to pray with me because I've got a situation. Every day your faith is being built by something God has done for you, by something God has done in you. God has done for you, or God is doing presently in you. 
So if you're dealing with something, a situation that you, we, you need prayer, you want the church to join with you in prayer, would you just come down and stand across the front here? You got some brothers and sisters that are going to pray with you as well, just join with you. There's no need to worry. Don't need to be ashamed or afraid today. We're all family today. But I'm telling you right now that the Lord God is able. The Lord God is not only able, but he is willing. He is willing today to speak on your behalf. To speak on your behalf. Can we just raise our hands right now? Lord Jesus, we need you today, God. We need you in this situation, God. Lord, we believe that you are the God of all flesh, and there is nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too hard for you, God. We trust you. We believe and we have faith that you can do the impossible. We've got some friends right down here to this side. If someone wants to join with them in prayer, to lay your hands on their back. We have any family that wants to stand with them and just believe with them that God's going to do exceeding and abundantly and above all we ask or think. Let's join with them. Lord, we thank you, God, for what you're doing in this place.